We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello! Welcome to episode number 10 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I'm managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mom of a three-year-old. Linda, our other mom, is on vacation with her daughter in London. Her daughter who's <laughs> much older than my and daughter. very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's been the whole, what has she been, a week, two weeks? Two weeks. Two uh, weeks in London. Yeah. yeah so, so she's not on with And it's us been today. anarchy in the Pixelkin offices ever since. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, you guys are just running around. No weekly like, meeting, Nicole. Like forgetting your pants and, you know, all that kind hey. of stuff. Hey. Um, so uh, today, uh, in Linda's place, I am joined by Courtney Holmes, who is Associate Managing Editor. Hello. And what should I say? Our resident Pixelkin mage, <laughs> Simone de Rochefort. Am I a mage? I always thought of myself as some kind of tank. Yeah, I'm going to have to explain that. So, so Simone has this Snuggie that she oh. gets <laughs> into in the office, and she ties. I don't even know what it is. You tie around it. Sometime a, Usually a scarf. A or scarf. Sometimes a belt. <laughs> yeah, so after, after this happens, she looks like a mage. Because it's totally bright blue. Like well, the thing is, when you're wearing a Snuggie, it falls open inconveniently. But if you wrap <laughs> it around yourself and then tie it there, it becomes the most comfortable clothing item that you will ever own. Plus, so, yes. If you ever want to complete the look, my uh, officially licensed Gandalf hat is in the phone <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> which yes. you're free to wear at any time. Nice. Thank you for your generosity. All right. You're welcome. So our guest today is Michael Martin. Michael uh, has kids in a wide a variety of, of ages. <laughs> Um, and he's also a freelance writer. He's written some stories for us at Pixelkin Woo. and also writes for IGN, which is a gaming enthusiast site, if you're mm-hmm. not sure about that. So, um, but he's going to talk a little later about his uh, expertise in competitive gaming. What does IGN stand for? Uh, it started out for Imagine Gaming Network because it was part of oh. the Imagine, there was a big Imagine group of magazines, and then okay. that was their first website. The more you know. I've never questioned the that other before. Trivia, <laughs> trivia tidbit there, too. Chris Charla started IGN. Oh, my test? God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, speaking of IGN and all their news and all our news, uh, E3 is I, happening. Speaking of Chris e- Charla, yeah, E is, as we're calling it now, I was so excited to see him on stage presenting yep. for Xbox because I interviewed him just, I think, a couple weeks ago, the week before, at the Power of Play, and yeah. I had just published that video. Um, it was really cool. That was the the indie event that we went to, where a bunch of Seattle developers were showing off their games, and I interviewed some kids who were competing in the mm-hmm. Seattle Indie Game Competition, which Chris Charla was judging. And then he was there in Los Angeles in front of tons of people, being himself, his yes. professional self. He's also been on a panel with us at Emerald City Comic Con. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now it's my turn to name drop. <laughs> okay, whatever. He's been my friend for like 10 years. So. My friend now. <laughs> um, okay, so E3. Lots of cool news coming out of E3. So much. So much Michael, news. Yes. What's, what's the, been the biggest thing for you that you've noticed so far? Um, so I haven't seen every press conference um you didn't watch 10 hours of press conferences i didn't but uh i followed up on on a lot of it and the one press conference i did actually get to see well i guess i i saw two bethesda and sony's and uh i think what stood out to me the most was sony's press conference as a whole um Mm. i really disliked the idea of like who won uh because i think all i think every gamer wins when it comes to stuff like this absolutely uh but sony kind of knocked it out of the park and there was a lot of surprising stuff Mm -hmm. in their press conference so seeing that they were actually going to attempt uh, to do a final fantasy 7 remake Mm -hmm. um (laughs) <laughs> that, that, E3 over there. that will probably come out in like 10 years but right. hey no, I'm uh, so sad yeah <laughs> I like how they, it was this huge big deal they're announcing that they're remaking Final Fantasy 7 which is a game that came out in 1997 mm-hmm. and it, it has become iconic as one of the best stories of all time in a role-playing game whether you love it or hate it it 
it has kind of imprinted mm-hmm. itself on the collective mm-hmm. gamer memory as this this huge deal. So they're finally remaking it with the, you know, modern, beautiful graphics that we expect from a game today. And uh, but basically the, all the announcement amounted to, yeah, we're going to do that. That's been a rumor yeah. for like five years. We'll do it. Okay. Yeah. So everyone is up in arms because it's, it's gonna finally be the, happening. Another Last Guardian. Speaking yeah. oh, of no. Last Guardian, <laughs> yeah, that was, something that was, was actually shown. Yeah, this is a game that's been in development forever. And I was it was a running joke when I was back at IGN. It's like every year they do this story, like, will we see the last Guardian this year? So um, I think it was announced at E3 2009. Is that right? I think so it's yeah. been six yeah. years It's been in now. development since 2007. It was announced in 2009. And I remember last year before E3 that I that was the first I had heard of it was somebody publishing an article like, is this going to be the year? And I was like, maybe it will be the year. And it wasn't the year. But yeah. I guess this is the year that everything that's a rumor is happening. Happening. Yeah. Except for Zelda. Except for Zelda. Sorry, Courtney. Courtney, we warned you. We warned you. <laughs> you know, you can warn me as many times as you want. You can't take my hope from me. <laughs> the great thing about them not saying anything about Zelda for the Wii U at E3 was that Courtney was so optimistic that they were just yeah. going to, there, there was going to be one new thing or that they would uh, mention it at, at all. At least a five second trailer. You know, I just, I just want like a, a picture of like, some grass or <laughs> the, the, the hoof of his horse. I don't need much. I don't need a name. I don't need characters or a placement on the timeline. Though, a boot. I think Link's a boot, boot was what you were like. <laughs> if I just get a boot, that's all I need. It was Courtney's mantra in the weeks leading up to E3. Give me one screen gap of Link's boot. <laughs> yeah. So Courtney is our Nintendo fangirl, if you hadn't noticed. Yeah. So... What came out of Nintendo? That's exciting. Uh, Star Fox Zero is pretty exciting. Uh, So they first announced that they were in development on a Star Fox game at E3 last year. But this year we learned a lot more about it. We finally got a trailer and we got a name. Um, It's called Star Fox Zero because it's not exactly a sequel and it's not exactly a reboot, though it sounds a lot like a reboot. Um, (laughs) It is a quote-unquote rethinking. So they're taking Um, like a lot of the most popular elements from the other games and squishing them together and then adding some new stuff. And I guess the thing that's going to make it the most different from like Star Fox 64, which was their most popular game, um, is the fact that now they're incorporating the gamepad controls in ways that mm-hmm. make the the physical controls really different than the original, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's something you've been complaining about with most games. Yeah, that um, in, <laughs> in general, I think that the, the gamepad has a lot of awesome potential on the Wii U, but it is so often mishandled like it's it's hard to develop a game for two screens especially if you want it to be on more than one console um and in so but even games that are native to the wii u it's hard to develop a game for two screens when you're so used to creating games for one screen Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. often the use of the second screen is either it's totally not used or underused or it's used too much, so you never look at the TV and you lose all of the cool HD graphics. Yeah. yeah. I did appreciate in Mario Party, though, like when you were playing as Bowser and you had to shake the pad to, like, roll. And then there was that warning sign, like, don't smack other people in the head with the <laughs> game pad. And I almost <laughs> smacked you in the head with the game pad. <laughs> yes. That was great. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> so before we go forward, can you explain Star Fox a little yes, bit for absolutely. people who might not know? So the first Star Fox game came out way back in the for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System or SNES a long time ago, and it's basically like a space shooter game. You play as Fox McCloud, and you and your <laughs> teammates Slippy, Falco, and Pepper or Peppy um, are all animals, and you are in these like fighter jet spaceship things. Mm. Um, and while they can fly in space, they're mostly for like flying over planet the surface of planets and shooting mostly robots. <laughs> um, and the evil Andros likes to take over the Lilat system. <laughs> you guys, you work alone, but you will like to. You, you, your team often goes and helps out the uh, Cornerian army defeat Andros. Cool, and it's really fun. Okay, and uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I have heard so many good things about the Star Fox games, especially Star Fox 64. But I don't understand the appeal of them at all, having never played them well, in my life. <laughs> let me let me pitch a couple of things about Star Fox that make it really cool. 
Uh, Star Fox 64, you can complete the entire game in less than two hours, mm-hmm. but uh, you're going through this whole complex series of planets, and uh, depending on whether or not you beat the final boss in each planet, it changes your route. So mm-hmm. you play the game over and over again, and you go on these different paths, and you try to figure out which ones you need to beat or um, mm-hmm. uh, to adjust your path to get mm-hmm. to all the planets. So it becomes sort of a cool, it's very different than a mm-hmm. lot of other linear progression games in that way. Kind of RPG-ish a little bit. A little bit, yeah, but there's no turn-based fighting. It's yeah. just shooting stuff. I love yeah. shooting stuff. Yeah. But we heard that Courtney doesn't care for turn-based fighting as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just get really bored. <laughs> now well, I you wa- won't like Final Fantasy VII. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> I have tried to play Final Fantasy games so many times because I really like their look and I love the soundtracks and I mm-hmm. I just want to skip all yeah. the fighting and watch the cutscenes. <laughs> we heard a couple things about uh, Final Fantasy from, or Final Fantasy VII from the news today, which is that they are going to be changing the plot a little bit. We don't know how. Um, but to modernize it, I guess. Mm. But it will apparently still keep in some of the funny stuff from the first or the original game, like Cloud dressing up, finding mm-hmm. his dress and his nice shoes and his wig or whatever. I love that. He's beautiful. I love <laughs> Cloud. Um, <laughs> I my actually my introduction to Final Fantasy VII was not from the game because I again grew up without consoles because I was a deprived child who lived in a barn and was raised by beasts. Um, <laughs> But it, it was through, so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. It's why I don't wear pants. Um, <laughs> it was from the movie Advent Children, which is a sequel to Final Fantasy VII in film form, and it's animated. And that is a beautiful, beautifully animated film. Um, but it makes no sense. sense. I was just going to say, we, my husband and I, my husband's a huge Final Fantasy fan, huge. And we watched that thing, and we're just like, what what did we just see? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. I have a potential solution for you, though, because <laughs> after they released the first Advent Children film, they released a second one on Blu-ray called Advent Children Complete that adds all new scenes, like an hour of new scenes, and it makes it make a lot more sense. Still yeah. not great sense, but you know what? Have you ever read the plot of a Final Fantasy game? <laughs> No, actually, I haven't. Don't. They don't Fantasy, make sense. <laughs> Final Fantasy has never quite been my thing. And I think yeah. it's just because, I don't know, like, it doesn't bother me now to mm-hmm. put in hours and hours and hours into a game. But yeah. I don't know, like, the setting and the characters just never yeah, just never did it for me. There was something about Advent Children that just kind of, like, sucked me into that world. And then I lost two years of high school to Final Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> Did you get them back? No. <laughs> I will never be the same. I'm an empty husk of a person. I think that's kind of why like, I like the Zelda games so much is that mm-hmm. they have a lot in common with Final Fantasy, minus some of the sci-fi stuff, but, yeah. and then no turn-based fighting. Just hitting with your sword. <laughs> Just nice. sword play. Well, you might like Kingdom Hearts then. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't really into it when I tried it like a few years yeah, ago, yeah. but I'll try it again. Yeah. So for me, not very family friendly, but I'm super excited about Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. I love the first one. Unbelievable. So more name dropping. I used to work no! with I used to work with Brian Horton who was presenting. You know what when you're in the industry for 14 <laughs> years, you know everybody. Everybody. What you know. Someone you, Yeah. Uh you finish first, but someone can name drop too and I just thought of someone she knows. Who, someone someone <laughs> the the person not with tomb raider um <laughs> sorry <laughs> tangent train uh braxton's friend did the score for recore is that right oh yeah okay. yeah okay. we'll talk about that later sorry yeah so distraction tomb raider um tomb raider was an iconic game kind of iconic in the fact that Lara Croft used to just have the most ridiculous looking figure like in the world. <laughs> um, and that's what the game became all about. Mm-hmm. I guess the first game was actually pretty good. And then they just mm. kind of went downhill mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. there. Um, so a few, was it just a couple years ago? Um, I think it was 2013. Crystal Dynamics did a reboot, totally making Laura look more normal. I mean, she's still like a human woman. She's still pretty, Crazy. but she looks like realistic. And yeah. they, you know, started this new story with her, and that game was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I very rarely play games where I want to complete stuff, like find all this and find all that. Yeah, but I did it with the Tomb Raider. So nice. Super yeah, she had long pants that. on, right? Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, she. There were no shorts. No shorts involved. Woo! Could even put a coat on her if you wanted. Yeah, correct. Anyway, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> I could. So, Recore, 
Oh, that's well, what we were talking about. Actually, I was wondering, thinking about Final or not Final Fantasy. No, I'm not talking about Final <laughs> Fantasy on. anymore. Tomb Raider. I was thinking about Tomb Raider. We were watching that trailer, and we had to suspend disbelief so much that she's such a daredevil. She's like yes. climbing up the side of a snow-covered mountain. It's like Mount Everest. Tiny little pickaxes roped to this other guy who's on the mountain with her, and it's just like Lara. Go home. Laura, why can't you just excavate a pyramid like I, a normal archaeologist? I really kept wanting it to cut to Saruman bringing down the mountain and like, Gandalf, like, protect the little ones. Yeah. Well, she did, they did the total like tropical jungle ish yeah, setting yeah. in the first one. So, so they, they got to send her up, up the mountain. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, we don't really know why she's going up the mountain. You know, we've got no context. Probably to find a tomb. Yeah. Exactly. Rate it. <laughs> Like the very first, um, the very first trailer for Rise of the Tomb Raider kind mm-hmm. of has the iconic, like her just going into a cave and lighting her yeah. torch. So um, it looks like there was a bit of that, that later on in this trailer. What yeah. I really liked about the first trailer we got for Rise of the Tomb Raider was that she's like talking about the experiences that she had in the mm-hmm. first game and kind of like coming to terms with this, you know, getting stranded on the island and having to kill a bunch of people for the first time in her life as a twenty-something, you know, archaeological yeah. student. And that I love that kind of acknowledgement that you know she does come from this university research background. She yeah. she what didn't expect to go be a I'm I, there, the word was badass. I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> we'll censor it out if yeah. it's not okay. Like this awesome explorer who yeah. shoots people with a bow and arrow, but like that's what she she's become, and she kind of embraces that. So yeah, it's awesome. I just I love the idea of emotional development that goes across games. Yes, that you yeah. can remember the events of one, and it affects mm-hmm. the next one. That's yes. why Cloud in Advent Children, the film that comes after Final Fantasy VII, is great because he has a lot of emotions. Cool. I'm sorry. Feelings are good. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Mass Effect series, series that did that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ugh. Dragon Age doesn't do it quite as well. I mean, there's the well, same world. Yeah. Um, but they have you doing different characters. Yeah. Each one, which was kind of... I know in Dragon Age 2, you hear about the hero of Ferelden, which is who you were in the first game. But yeah. there's no, like, real... I know that no. like Lil- you see development in Liliana between yes. she's your companion in the first game and then she's also your companion again in the third game and you kind of see what has happened to her in the 10 odd years between those yeah. games might be more than 10 but I don't remember if yeah. you came across her at all in Dragon Age 2 I'm not sure I don't I know forget that game cuz so I've much. never played those games I don't know it's just <laughs> um yeah for I mean these this is totally not family friendly either but the Dragon Age games are they're mature and very mature, you know, there's pretty mm-hmm. detailed fighting, there's sexual stuff involved, but there's also great storytelling, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a trade-off. Keezy should um, be here. Yeah, yeah, she should. She's the, <laughs> she loves those she's games a so much. Expert. It's funny, like, I was telling her, I'm like, you know, there's this one rift by this, like, stream that, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> like, how did you know? Like, the exact one I was talking about. The world is huge, you know? It's just, well, yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you play Dragon Age for hundreds of hours after yeah. it comes out. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> On multiple so, consoles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. What else big happening at E3? Uh, Media uh, Molecule has a new of game. Of course. That's, out. that's the big thing for some I'm, just, I'm beating the dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a parody of myself. So Media Molecule, who made Little Big Planet, or the first two Little Big Planet games, and Tearaway, which is the best game in the entire world. Too bad it's on a failing system. Wow, Nicole. Right through the heart. Like, have some compassion. She's referring to the PlayStation Vita. Yes. The PlayStation Vita, the most underrated handheld console. Yes. Oh, good. You said handheld console because I was about to explain it because yes. very few people know what the PlayStation oh Vita Oh, my is. God. The this PlayStation. Is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is coming from someone who has a profile picture of him holding a PSP. I, I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by enemies. No, the the PlayStation Vita does not have, I in my opinion, the popularity that it deserves. It is a lovely little handheld console. Um, not a lot of people, I guess, take advantage of it in the same way that Media Molecule did um, with Tearaway, which was actually PlayStation asked them to, or Sony asked them to make a game that was specifically for the Vita that took advantage of all of its hardware. 
and they made Tearaway, which is amazing. And like it uses the back touchpad, it uses front and back cameras, it uses the front touch screen. It's really quite a feat. And they made that just like by having prototypes of the Vita in their office and yeah. messing with it. They're making a new game. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath, Simone. Uh, they're making a new game called Dreams, uh, which they said in the presentation they wanted to kind of simulate that experience of lucid dreaming where you you are in one place one moment and then somewhere else and you can kind of control everything around you. So this is a game where you can kind of do 3D modeling by drawing with your PlayStation 4 controller and you can grab assets from other people's dreams that they've created and remix them. And all the dreams are mixed or um, seamlessly linked together. So mm-hmm. you can explore basically the consciousness of all the, the gamers. And this is so exciting because it kind of builds on something that Meeting Molecule has been about all along, which is we can we we've made this thing now we're going to give the same tools to you the gamer and see what yeah. you make with it which is so exciting to me so yeah. to be clear this is a PlayStation 4 game it will be a okay. PlayStation 4 game yeah yeah so the kind of along they are Sony's little <laughs> little yeah, baby I mean, studio yeah i mean when you've got the backing of yeah. the uh, of the hardware they've got maker a sweet then, deal man yeah. i don't know how that happened but yeah, yeah. sony has has always had their few studios who mm-hmm. have kind of been their babies like naughty dog is one yeah um, insomniac used to be one Ooh. until they jumped the fence and made sunset overdrive um, <laughs> but they're going back they're making Ra- Ra- ratchet and clank again oh, for sony so yeah. with, so i'm super excited about that one ratchet and clank are some of the best games ever mm. um so what other big news uh, microsoft announced that the xbox one is now backwards compatible oh yeah that's so weird games. to me why it's- is it weird Two years ago, it it was clear that it, it wouldn't be. And, right. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is I feel like this is more of a hardcore gamer issue um, yeah. where everyone's upset because, well, they were upset about a lot of things with the Xbox One, but <laughs> the backwards compatibility thing being an issue because, well, what do I do with my old games? Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I am one of those hardcore gamers, people, whatever that I, I'm, I'm also, I guess that consumerist, I, I'm, I'm the perfect customer. Yeah. I'm buying every new thing that comes out. Right. Yeah. When I buy something new, why am I looking at old games? I, you know, I want to see new stuff. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing about, I like to see that progression too. I like to yeah. see new things. I like to see what they can do. Um, and I don't mind that they're having backwards yeah. compatibility now. In fact, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a good thing because now you have this library that you can access. Yeah. At the same time, we're remastering everything. Right. So, <laughs> you know, everyone wants a Red Dead Redemption, uh, a, a Rockstar game that takes place in the, the old West. west. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like uh, Grand Theft Auto, but Old West, where they, you know, they want a remaster of that. I want right. a remaster of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that game. But, you know, why would I go back and, and just play you know, the old version of that. Yeah, I mean, I think most 360 games are actually, you know, it's not like they look terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not that much difference in the graphics. And um, I think the other thing is with the remastering of everything, you're paying another 60 bucks for that (laughs) remastering. And then backwards compatibility, you're not paying anything if you own the game already. I mean, I'll go back and play Viva Pinata all day. You know, I I honestly will all day. When I saw that list, I'm like, well, there's the first game I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love Viva Pinata. I got, I I did all the achievements for that one when it first came out. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I did all of them. I looked at that list and I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, you had to get like all the animals and all the plants. And I have 130,000 gamer score. What? Seriously? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Approaching thirty thousand. I'm kind of that completest guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not anymore, but oh, I used okay. to be, yeah. I'm really bad. <laughs> yeah. So So uh you you got the gold and platinum trophies there too? I don't see so, um I actually didn't have uh, a PlayStation Three for a long oh, time, so yeah. I, kind of, I actually missed out on a lot of those uh those games. So, you know, here I am talking about remasters, but when the PlayStation Four comes out and they're you know, remastering some games. Um, right before that came out, I actually got a PlayStation 3 and went through and played a lot of the games that I hadn't played, like Uncharted and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've never been... And at that point, I kind of, I guess, kicked the habit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but I would play really bad games for... And, and I would look at their the, the tr- achievement lists and, yeah. s- and determine, am I 
going to play this game or not. And <laughs> wow. So, Based on the achievements, really? Yeah, wow. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to start a game where I would have like, I would unlock the first achievement and n- never unlock anything else again because <laughs> yeah. then it would ruin my ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that reminds uh, me of like, <laughs> the kid I went to high school with who wouldn't take band because it would lower his GPA even if he got an A+. Plus. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I have a funny trophy story. Well, not not funny. It's funny to me, but it's not funny to my husband. Oh, so no. when we first got uh, PlayStation 3, we got Fallout right away, and we got the PlayStation version because we knew someone at Bethesda who was working specifically on the PlayStation version. So we were like, Did they have a name? <laughs> Yes, it's it was Jill Bill Gates. Joel Denolt. There you go. Joel um, Denolt. Joe Denolt, and he's Joe, still, he's okay. still a Joel. 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 I heard like five different names there. Go on, tell yeah. your story. <laughs> um, so anyhow, when we first it was it, Fallout Three was released very near the beginning of the mm-hmm. PS3. It wasn't launched, but it was very near the beginning. It was mm-hmm. before trophies were happening, and so. Oh, no. The, the trophies, he played the whole thing and didn't get any trophies oh. because he played it before the trophy thing went on. That's terrible. Yeah, I waited to play it and then I got the trophies. I, um, I feel this pain yeah. in my heart. I actually have every single trophy on Fallout 3, including oh, the no. DLC. That's over wow. like 100 and, I don't know, 50 hours or so. Of, wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, so Fallout, um, if you don't know, is... Uh, is a really cool game. It's set in a an alternate world, like 1950s, where a nuclear disaster has already happened. Um, so you go outside, and you know there are people living in like gangs and bands, and you can get radiation poisoning and all this cool stuff. Um, <laughs> all the great stuff about the 50s. You know, it's an. <laughs> Well, the thing, you know, is that you've got all this retro stuff. It's kind of like in the same vein of a Bioshock. Mm -hmm. You've got all this retro stuff, um, but taking place in an alternate world. Um, So some of it's really funny, um, very mature again. um, But I remember there's a scene in Fallout 3 that just cracked me up. You're talking to like some crazy lady or something. It's like a husband and wife are living in and the husband's like, oh, my wife is just, she's just lost it. And so you're talking to her and she's like, would you like a cookie? And you say yes, and then it's like you have obtained a, a coffee mug. <gasps> oh, <laughs> it just cracks me up. Oh, I think that's in uh, Springville, like towards the beginning. Oh I my think. god, yeah. I don't know this. But yeah, um, that- one of the things that I really like about that series, though, I, if anybody's following E3 news, they announced yeah. a new one. Um, the whole 1950s thing, um, the themes. It's interesting to me because. In this alternate universe, they actually kind of got stuck in that um, theme, like the 50s. Like, even though the games take place in the, you know, like, I don't know, 2077 or whatever, they're actually still stuck. uh, Or they were stuck before the the nuclear holocaust or whatever happened um, in the 50s. uh, And I just found that so fascinating. It is. There was no cultural Mm -hmm. evolution at all. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a good news for people everywhere is that Bethesda tweeted that the dog in the trailer for Fallout 4 does not die. Oh, nice. Which is like, thank God. So much better. Whenever you you see a dog in a trailer, movie, game, whatever, it's just like, look out for that dog. Oh my God, something horrible is going to happen. We were watching Jurassic World the other day and, you know, before it, they showed a trailer for, okay. All right, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. You're darn right you haven't. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) Trailer for a movie called Max, which is about, you know, a soldier dog whose handler dies and then he goes back home and is living with the family. Okay, so we're on the edge of our seats during this trailer like – Nothing bad better happen to this dog. If anything bad happens to this dog, I'm walking out of the theater. <laughs> and then pops up from the producer of Marley and Me. And we're all like, oh, no. <laughs> Which, like, I haven't Spoilers. Even... Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we love dogs in the Pixelkin office. Yeah. yeah. I, it's just such a cheap shot because so many people have emotional connections yeah. to dogs. Like, yes. back to childhood. Killing yeah. a dog is such like a oh, cheap a bad way guy. to. I spotted him or mm-hmm. her. Woo! Because wow. they killed the dog. Fridge yeah. the yeah. dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Dog um, doesn't die. The dog yeah. doesn't die. Play or four. if they just tweeted that to mess with my emotions. I will personally name someone who is working on Fallout 4 so and I will revenge. go slap them across the face. <laughs> Joel Denault. <laughs> Joel? 
He's a programmer, though, so I don't. Right. I don't think he has much input he into. Maybe he could dog to come back to life. Yeah, program a secret hack. You press some buttons, and the dog comes back. He was trying to get. <laughs> he was trying to get Isaac and I to move out to Maryland. Oh um, yeah, when Isaac was doing his job wow. search, we uh, won. Isaac, Joel, Isaac, you don't my get husband. <laughs> Isaac is my husband, who is also a programmer, and full disclosure, works at 343 Industries, which is a studio of Microsoft. But um, anyhow, so he was looking at Bethesda. Mm-hmm. He was also looking at Harmonix. Um, so we had we had this big thing going on, like where we were going to move, and like we're sitting, I'm sitting in San Francisco, saying, I don't know where I'm going to live in a month. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was down to the wire that much. Okay, so, so tangent. To, yeah. Um, he tried to con you into coming to Maryland. N- no, not really. Well, <laughs> so Joel he made the point that um, we were going to be in the best, one of the best school di- districts Ooh. in the comp- in the country, mm. and this was right after Anna had been born. Um, so not Baltimore. Smooth move. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're actually outside of DC. Okay. Um, okay. Which I was not nuts about either. I'm like, I don't want to live around all that political crap. No. <laughs> Very nice museums, though. If you've never been. No, I have been. Okay. Yeah. When I was, I was at museums. I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> nice I was a child. We went through like five museums well, in one day. Well, that count. That was like 50 years ago. <sighs> oh, <laughs> shut <laughs> up, Simone. Get out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Relentless. Yes. Uh, so we've got this thing going, in case you haven't noticed, Simone and I. Every this- week I managed to get one in there. Yeah. Last hey, week was great. <laughs> but I got the pants thing, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, Simone went home. <laughs> what was it? Was it last week or the week before? Maybe two weeks ago. Not okay. realizing that she didn't have her pants on. <laughs> she didn't notice until halfway through the next day when she discovered her pants left at the office. <laughs> Horrified, realized what had happened. Yeah, I actually, and lovely Courtney got a photo of it, which is great. <laughs> I really almost started crying. I was so shocked. Do you live far from here? I live in Bothell, yes, so that's okay. like a, like is where that's where a I live. Forty too. minute drive. I okay. What had happened? I was wearing tights, very thick tights, insulated tights that day, <laughs> and I took my shorts off because I was recording a podcast and I wanted to be comfortable. My other podcast, Rocket, um, and you were in your maid robe. In my maid robe, wearing <laughs> the snuggie. So in like, the office, nobody was there. No one was there. It was like. <laughs> 8 p.m. And I guess I put on a long coat and just walked out. And there was a moment on my drive home where I was like, should I go to the grocery store? Nah, I'll just <laughs> oh keep my going. Gosh. Good, so good I call. saved myself there. Yeah, because wow. you've done enough embarrassing things in Safeway that you every, tweet about. Every week. Like, yeah. They don't have my brand of bagels. My oh, brand. Wait. They moved them. <laughs> okay, we're going off on yes, a huge tangent a now. Tangent. Um, but anyhow. Family you, game. If you want to see these great embarrassing tweets from Simone, you can follow God. her on t- Twitter at Doom Quasar. Yes, you can. <laughs> Every time I tweet a picture of Simone doing something stupid, I get like five new followers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. So, you too. Pro tip. Yeah. Pro Twitter tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Post embarrassing uh, things about Simone. Yes. And you too will be popular on yeah. the internet. That's why I'm so popular. Yeah. <laughs> So E3. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I think we've covered most of E3. The one uh, thing I, I just want to say is that I was really kind of happy with just in general the amount of games um, that had, uh, I guess, more um, diversity. Yeah. I, I mean, essentially more women as yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. playable characters or, or like featured. Yeah. Um, in like the, yeah. the various demos and, yeah, yeah. and trailers and things. I definitely feel like there are more games with women in them this year than last year, which For is sure. very yeah. encouraging. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was awesome too, and I honestly, honestly say this is not because my husband works there, but the Microsoft first person on the stage was Bonnie Ross. Mm-hmm. Ladies, had a three four three. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, that is to great. see her be the first one. Actually, on the Microsoft note, we should talk about the Hololens demonstration for oh, Minecraft. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. So basically, if you actually knew what you were looking at and didn't get confused, <laughs> 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 that this big Minecraft world was coming out of a table magically. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you see in the Hololens, yeah. not what you see for real. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was. It was. 
absolutely amazing. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about sure, it? Sure, I will yeah. talk about it since I wrote about it. Um, <laughs> with the HoloLens, basically, uh, the HoloLens is Microsoft's answer not to virtual reality, but to augmented reality. So you can still see what's happening around you, but there are holograms that you can interact with. And basically what they showed was Sachs Person, who we also know. Person. <clears throat> Pearson? Pearson. I'm embarrassed. Um, he was playing Minecraft <laughs> projected on the wall like you in first person as you normally would with minecraft and then he moved it uh with voice the voice command create world and put it on the table and the world basically just rose in three dimensions out of the table he could see the entire thing and even better he was playing multiplayer with someone on a microsoft or yeah microsoft surface so yeah. you can play yeah. cross little platform yeah was it was so cool and- yeah. He could, like, pick her up and, you know, move yeah. her and all that kind of stuff. Ugh. Yeah, to Interact with her. He could follow her. And he could actually, like, look inside the buildings just at, like he was the eye of God or something. Yeah. And it was Bringing really down the lightning. Cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Unbelievably awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Augmented so. reality is really neat because it just it, – it doesn't try to erase what's already with around you. It embraces it instead, yeah. Yeah. which I think is a really smart approach. Yeah. It's neat that all of that stuff is kind of actually happening mm-hmm. because there have been some like false starts with it for like years, years. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to really see it come to fruition. Yeah. So we actually do have some news that is not E3 related. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not going to geek out on it too much. But Tavern Brawl is a new mode in oh Hearthstone. God. It came out <laughs> today. Um, and I was able to play a little bit of it before we came to the podcast. Yeah. And basically, at least this time, I don't know if it's going to be different every time. They said there's going to be new rules every week. But in this one, you are playing as either Ragnaros or Nefarian, which are the bosses from <laughs> the single player campaign. There's a dragon and basically a fire lord. Um, you don't get to pick any cards. You know, you mm-hmm. just have a deck that they have. like. I'm still discovering new cards in their deck because you don't even get to see the deck, yeah. so you don't even know what's in there. Um, and it's keeping track of the wins at this point. I don't know what that's going to mean. Event. I suppose I could look up online like what is going <laughs> to happen is at the end of this. Exploring firsthand what yeah. this expansion means. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's super cool, and we're not yeah. going to geek out it just yet. But yes, yes. <laughs> but we Although, we could. This in is the this, future. this is actually a segue because there is competitive gaming on Hearthstone and Michael is here today because he is an expert I want to call you an expert on competitive okay. gaming at least on the street fighter scene yeah. at least on the street fighter scene mm-hmm. so why don't you give us just an overview of kind of what competitive gaming is and how that works mm-hmm. so i know that i think a lot of people hesitate to maybe call it uh, or or dislike the the term esport but i mean yeah. really mm-hmm. it's i mean competitive gaming is sports yeah uh, for all intents and purposes. So, um, you know, esports, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I know that some people prefer to call it just competitive gaming. Uh, but in general, you know, we're talking about different types of games too. Um, for years, there's been first-person shooter mm-hmm. tournaments um, going all, all the way back to the days like, you know, Quake and um, Call of Duty and, and Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are kind of big deals, but it's actually kind of interesting to me to see some of the other games that have come up that have just blown away, um, like in popularity and, and the amount of people that play them, and of course the amount of money that's mm-hmm. going into these yeah. games, like League of Legends and Dota Two. Yeah. Um, you know the sorry, Defense of the Agents. Defense of the Agents, um, <laughs> which started out, I I think, as a mod, mod for Warcraft Three. Three, yes, um, exactly. Mod modification. Um, which is basically people take the code of the mm-hmm. game and change it and change it. And in this case, they made a whole new game. Right. Yeah. So. It, it turned out, it cranked out a new game out of that. Um, and there's just so much money going into mm-hmm. that now. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting. Um, with fighting games, uh, what interests me about the fighting games in particular, though, especially something like Street Fighter, is that I would say that these competitive gaming for for Street Fighter has really been around probably longer than most of these other games even. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very grassroots. I mean, yeah. first, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking like local video game arcades, which um, nobody knows, you know, your bar, your local barcade at this right. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so that scene has always been very sort of small, uh, tight-knit and grassroots. And uh, it's grown as... as you know, the games became more popular, but also as I think it kind of spread 
from or the transition from arcades to consoles because now you have more people uh, or access it's more accessible to more people so um yeah i mean i i i tend to cover a lot of uh, street fighter related tournaments um and as more as companies like sony who is investing more money into street fighter um with capcom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who are the the developers um and i i guess with street fighter 5 i think there's sort of a co-publishing thing going on between sony and capcom i don't yeah. think that capcom's the sole publisher but um yeah so they the you know there's more money going into that that's growing and it's really kind of an interesting time the last few years to see how these games, and Hearthstone, I mean, yeah. Hearthstone's a, a card game, yeah. mm-hmm. a card battling game. Um, and yeah, there's there's tournaments and, and, and yeah. money going into that too. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, the amount of money going in is really, really mm-hmm. staggering. I don't, I don't think people kind of realize that like, you know, they see their son playing League of Legends for mm-hmm. like hours, like, oh, it's such a waste, it's such a waste. But you know what? If he gets good enough... Like, we're talking millions mm-hmm. of dollars in prize money. It's yeah. just nuts. Which, yeah. on for, I think the the lifestyle of a, a pro esports gamer on that level is more akin to um, like athletic sports than, yeah. Yeah, than people think about. Especially, I know, in... Um, in Korea and China, they mm-hmm. they live in dorms uh, mm-hmm. with their teams and they practice something like 10 hours a day mm-hmm. and it's insane. So maybe <laughs> parents yeah. do not quite want their kids to go that far with their yeah. League of Legends playing. I mean, like, it is something that takes a, story a lot of time. On a, a college that was offering Yeah, there are, there are a yeah. couple of universities now that offer esports scholarships yeah. mm-hmm. and um, many more universities mm-hmm. that just have competitions so you can... If you're getting ready to go to college and or yeah. your kid is and they maybe mm-hmm. aren't super social or have trouble meeting people, that um, joining up with these esports teams can be an awesome activity yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. And I know Riot, who is the uh, maker of League of Legends, like they're all about forming communities mm-hmm. Um, yeah. throughout the country. Uh, but let's go back to Street Fighter. So you've been yes. playing <laughs> Street Fighter a yeah. long time, um, right? Yeah. If we want to like. I guess breakout ages. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that. I'm I'm 38, so I mean I grew up hey, in me arcades. Too. Me too. You know oh, I, yeah. I I I uh, I've been playing Street Fighter since Street Fighter 2, which I think originally the launched in '91, um, and I've played various iterations of that and other other fighting games. I've never really played competitively because mm. um, I guess when I was playing in arcades growing up and, and getting a little bit older. Uh, there wasn't really like that kind of a competitive scene in this mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up mostly in the Seattle area, so uh, and yeah. So I mean, I've been playing Street Fighter and, and mostly Street Fighter, but other fighting games throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And seeing the like I said, that transition from arcades to consoles and kind of being able to. Uh, I, I just remember when Street Fighter Four came out. First of all, I was blown away that they were actually making one because I never <laughs> I, I, as as. Uh, a diehard fan who who you know has stuck with that series for so many years. Uh, I, I don't think anyone knew it was going to happen right, at all. Yeah. And when it came out, and, and I got online and you know played my first match mm-hmm. online, I'm like, holy cow! This is like <laughs> it's like being at an arcade, except for yeah. I don't have to wait in line and put my quarter up. On <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah, welcome to the new age. <laughs> like wow, this is great. Yeah. So. And I've stuck with the series, obviously, long enough that now I'm I, I'm knowledgeable enough to write about it. Uh, and going back to the kids thing, uh, I I have a 19 year old, a 16 year old, a two year old, and a newborn. <laughs> and it's very interesting to me to see how with my my 19 year old son, he still plays those games too. Mm-hmm. We were actually just at a, a monthly tournament, a new monthly tournament that started up at Highline College oh. just this past weekend. And it was really cool t- for him to come up because um, I don't get to see him all that often with his friend. And they entered the tournament and didn't <laughs> didn't do well at all. <laughs> did you enter the tournament? Uh, I did yeah. not. Oh, yeah, I, because his son can beat him. Yeah. That's what oh, he, he wrote yeah. a story about that. Yeah, yeah so exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it was fun. And it, it's that I love the community. I love the mm-hmm. fighting game community. Now, I, I will be the first to admit, I think there's some improvements that can be made in that community, just mm-hmm. like any other community. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, Riot, one of the things that I think 
I like about them, I don't play League of Legends, but what I really admire about them is that they make an effort to clean up their community. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think more uh, publishers or, uh, you know, tournament organizers, event organizers uh, could do the same. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, at any rate, so, you know, just playing these games, it, it's it's really cool to see them kind of continue uh, and, and now grow. Mm-hmm. And... You know, more money is coming into this. Uh, Fighting games, I don't think, will ever be on sort of the same scale as some of these other games. But Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that some of these Mm -hmm. competitors now kind of have an opportunity to uh, make some money, uh, maybe even have it be like their job. Yeah. So do you think since the crazy popularity of League of Legends and Dota, has that kind of trickled down to fighting games as well? I still think that those are very separate. Yeah. um, Yeah. Entities. Um, the gameplay is so different. I think mm-hmm. what, I from a player level, I think they're yeah. very separate. But I think when you go up into like the business level and the uh-huh. corporate level, and yeah. you've got you know now you've got okay. suits that are like, oh wait a minute, yeah, it's, yeah. The Dota Two's got a twelve million dollar prize pool. Yeah, well, yeah. what if we threw you know five hundred thousand dollars at Street Fighter? Yeah, and, yeah. And but yeah. having done that. There is a noticeable, uh, I think, difference in how many people are showing up for tournaments now mm. because oh, now okay. you've got uh, bigger prize pools for you know uh, tournaments in different regions around the country, mm-hmm. even around the world actually. And there's an opportunity to not only make more money, uh, but also you know with Capcom they're doing the Capcom Pro Tour, which is sort of a season long thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been okay. doing it for about two or three years. Uh, but this year's big because there's more money involved in it now. Yeah. And so there's uh, opportunities to win a spot to uh, play in the Capcom Cup, which is sort of, I guess, for all intents and purposes, the, the Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> of, of, of uh, the Street Fighter season, the Pro Tour. And, you know, there's a lot of money involved. In the, the, mm-hmm. I think the top prize uh, is like $250,000. Yeah. Last year it was 36. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a huge jump. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So somebody, you know, was like, well, yeah. They should throw some money at this. And I and I <laughs> yeah. do think that's the trickle down that you see from other games because yeah, it's the, now the everyone, structure and everyone wants this to be their their yeah. big esport. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And what do you think makes what do you think is the difference between I guess League of Legends and Street Fighter when it comes to that immediate explosive popularity that League had that we've not really seen in other franchises. Everyone can play League, I think, mm-hmm. um, to a degree. Yeah. Everyone can, I mean, League probably works on most computers, yes. you know? You yeah. could probably just, you just need to download it and sign mm-hmm. on. And um, the gameplay, too, is kind of very low mm-hmm. barrier to entry. Yeah, I, I think the gameplay is has that low barrier yeah. Obviously, getting to the point where you're pro level, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a you know a lot more yeah. going on there. Easy to play, hard yeah. to master. That makes right. so much sense to me because I mean, watching a bunch of people play a game that you have no idea how to play yourself must be incredibly boring. But it becomes really <laughs> interesting if you have played it a little bit and understand the yeah. basics. Mm-hmm. So what you just mentioned, I think, also kind of goes hand in hand with the esports thing too, and the popular the rise yeah. in popularity mm-hmm. is watching this stuff. Yeah. My 19-year-old son used to watch League of Legends, um, tur- or not tournaments, but just people watch people play, you mm-hmm. know, Twitch or whatever, uh, live streaming services. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why yeah. would you, you want to watch someone play a game? It might be a generational thing, too, because I'm sort of the same way. Um, like, my husband was playing on a League of Legends team mm-hmm. with some of the people at Microsoft, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, there was commentary, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff going on, and, like, I had to watch it because he was playing. <laughs> Um, and I have played League of Legends, so I understand uh, what's going yeah. on. Um, but, like, I'm not a person that would sit down and watch a basketball game either. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's interesting for me was I finally hit that sort of that understanding uh, when I started covering Street Fighter. Uh, yeah. Oh. Because I realized – and actually, I guess before that, because before I started covering it, I was uh, – Evolution uh, is the biggest – North American fighting games tournament mm-hmm. in Vegas every year. Mm-hmm. And I would find myself watching those matches every year because obviously mm-hmm. I can't be there. Uh, and then in, as I got into covering it, I realized I know exactly what it's what he must have felt like watching those League of Legends games because yeah. 
here I am. I'm invested in this too. Yeah. Um, yeah. On beyond just the writing level of it and covering it, I'm invested because you act, if you follow it enough, you are starting to see sort of the storylines that, yeah. that are happening, um, whether it's rivalries or just the competition and yeah. somebody, maybe somebody makes this big, huge comeback that yeah. just, you know, mm-hmm. it, they throw a, a, a video on YouTube and you're yeah. just like, wow, look at this. Mm-hmm. It yeah. strikes me as just so similar to sports fans. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just some people are not going to enjoy watching sports. Others just need to get to know yeah. the rules. And then there's the people who... You know, we'll never miss a game ever, no matter what the weather is. Right. Right. And, you know, we yeah. widely re- respect them as a society. <laughs> I think the team aspect makes a huge difference, too. Like you were saying with following those stories, when you have a team of people uh, like you do with League. I don't know if – do you have Street Fighter teams as well? I know it's so there are one-on-one. There but. are, like – yeah, the, the competition obviously is different because with something like League or Dota, um, there are teams – there are teams of players mm-hmm. playing against each other. But uh, – in fighting games, not as much in the U.S., but mm-hmm. um, more internationally, more of those players tend to be sponsored. Yeah. So, uh, as an example, uh, Mad Cats, who you know they make peripherals. Yes. Um, going back in the day, they used to make really <laughs> bad peripherals. <Yeah. laughs> but it's yeah, weird. Yeah, I remember. Be- there's a Mad Cats booth at E3, uh, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the, the busted PS2 it. memory cards." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now they're for. Something in that company changed. I don't know who exactly was re- responsible for it, but yeah. they're a top-tier peripherals company. They are. Um, they're, they're making the uh, peripherals for Rock for Band, Rock Band yeah. 4, uh, but they're also a major sponsor mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for uh, Street Fighter. And I, I believe all of their sponsored players are all from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some other Asian players I, I can't quite remember, but none, none from the U.S., Hmm. Um, and the U.S., uh, I guess the, 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 I don't know, most popular or the biggest team is Evil Geniuses, um, <laughs> who are uh, also, you know, like most other sponsors, they, have, they sponsor players in multiple games. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll see Evil Genius players in maybe like League of Legends or oh. um, I don't know who all, what all games they, they, cut, they sponsor, but, you know, maybe Counter-Strike or, mm-hmm. or something along okay. those it's lines. It's kind of yeah. like an Olympic team then. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. the most part, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pepsi, um, <laughs> League of I Pepsi. I mean, you know, like like lots of people still look down on it, but it really, really is like sports. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, League of Legends itself is like basketball. Like seriously, it's like yeah. basketball on a computer with mm-hmm. like fantasy people. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah. Michael just did a great article for us um, on Pixelkin where he followed. Um, uh, how old is he? 19. 19. A 19-year-old uh, street fighter trying to do competitive mm-hmm. stuff, and his dad comes and supports him. Mm-hmm. And older players taking him under their wing, and um, it just broke my heart to read the end <laughs> of that story. Because you told me, like, what it was about, but you didn't tell me the end of it. Uh-oh. Spoilers. <laughs> article <Yeah>. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to go read the article. I didn't say exactly what it was. Does the dog die? <laughs> <laughs> There are, no, there are no dying dogs in yeah, this story. Yeah, no dogs. Um, but yeah, you'll have to go read it to find out the, the heartbreaking ending of that. Um, so, Michael, <laughs> thanks for giving us um, all of these esports stuff. Hopefully we can change some parents' yeah. minds about this. So the other um, thing that we do on this podcast is talk about what we're playing. So are you playing Street Fighter or <laughs> are you playing something else? I- I was worried that we might get to this point because I kept thinking, well, you know, um, yeah, I'm not really playing much of anything, but probably Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I get that. I'm a parent too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, of course, a lot of it just has to do with uh, working full time and, and going to school full time. And, yeah. and I just can't. I, you're all talking about things like Dragon Age yeah. and, and I'm just like, yeah. I wish I had the time yeah. to play that. <laughs> That's no, 80 no. hours long. Yeah. Newborn, <laughs> but, newborn and yeah, two-year-old. I and, yeah, that. and the newborn. Um, yeah. my, my, girlfriend, yeah. my girlfriend broke her leg like five days <gasps> oh, after the no. baby was born. Oh, so, no. Yeah, that was wow. two, two months ago. Yeah. Um, but I do sneak in a little bit of Street Fighter, and I've actually managed to sneak in a couple games uh, that I've done for like previews for other websites. Mm-hmm. Um and so, uh, but primarily, yeah, sneaking in maybe about an hour or so here and there of Street Fighter. And like I said, we went to that monthly tournament. Um, one of the things that I like about those kinds of events too yeah. is that 
it's not, I mean, not everyone's, uh, I guess, competing in tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, they do uh, kind of like what, the, what we call casuals in the fighting game community, the FGC, the fighting game community, is uh, casual. So, you know, we'll just kind of, you know, like it was, I guess, back in the arcades, you just kind of huddle around a machine and Watch, just take yeah. turns. Um, nice. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not great. I, I wouldn't <laughs> even say I'm not good at, anymore. Uh, but you enjoy yourself. But I, I do, yeah. and and especially when I'm in that situation where I get to, uh, I guess, be around other people and other players. And yeah. so that's mm -hmm. what makes it easy to write about uh, yeah. players yeah. like in that story is just because yeah. um, I get to kind of see different people, you know, from different areas, different regions, and experience that and, you know, share that experience too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's kind of cool to... There, I'm, I'm working on another story, but there's a guy who he competes and he has uh, his most players have their own joysticks that they use mm, or controllers. Right. Mm -hmm. He's got a, a joystick that um, is so old, it's actually it's like 19 years old, so it's actually older than wow. a lot of kids that are, oh <laughs> my God. including the one that yeah. just are, uh, <laughs> that are, you know that are getting into this thing. And I'm like, oh, man, that's so fascinating to me. Yeah. And it still so, works. Yeah, and it, after yeah. 19, I mean that. I mean, well, he's had to yeah, you know keep it keep it up because but, anybody yeah. who knows really about Street Fighter knows that. Those things take a lot of abuse because yeah. uh, there's yeah. a lot of fast button pushing, yep. a lot of Those joystick joysticks movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, wow. mostly Street Fighter. And then, um, uh, but uh, I'm actually making a transition soon. So, I'll actually have a lot more time to play, uh, I think, games in general. And that will be just really cool, especially with all the stuff that is was showing off at E3. I'm like, yeah, all these games coming out at the end of the year that I'm looking forward to, you know, yeah. I'm going to make time for that. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Courtney. Uh, you? I'm playing a few things interchangeably right now. Uh, lots of Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon. Um, those are sort <laughs> of my standby go-tos right now, and they're both fantastic. Uh, I've also been playing a game called Beat Sneak Bandit on my phone, which is by the Swedish company Simogo. I'm so surprised that I you're know. playing a Simogo game. I know, game. Nintendo so and Simogo. It, yeah, if, um, if you haven't listened to other episodes, uh, Simogo is this really cool developer made this game called Year Walk and one called Sailor's Dream and then most recently Device 6. Oh, uh, no, no, other way around. Sailor's Dream is the most recent one. Device 6 is one of their oh. older ones. Yeah. Okay, thanks for correcting me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> these, <Anytime. laughs> these games are, they're kind of unlike any other game. Like uh, Device 6, for example, I can't even put that in a genre. It's just... It's like a pulpy mystery noir mm -hmm. novel on your yeah. phone, but then it's also sort of it's science fiction and it's and meta. Yeah. And yeah. It's fantastic and short mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. do it. It's a great game. Mm -hmm. So Samogo is this fabulous developer um, yeah. that we love. But the game you're talking about is was the first game, right? uh, It's either their first or second game. It's way much older than their newer stuff, and it's a little um, more traditional, so, but I wanted to try it out now that they've hooked me as a fan. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And this one is like a rhythm game, and you're uh, sneaking through the mansion of this evil guy who's stolen all of the world's clocks. <laughs> and so you're, you have to sneak in rhythm, and there's like a beat going on, and if you if you tap the screen out of rhythm, then the clock you're trying to collect will explode, and you'll have to start the level over again. Oh, wow. Um, it's fun. It's challenging. Um, but nice. It's cool. cute. Yay. How about you, Simone? I have been playing the game of E3 press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> How's that Yay. working out? Uh, <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. We've been working really hard here at yeah, Pixel yeah. with a very small staff. Yeah. So. I, what actually what cut into my gaming time mostly was I went on a road trip with my mom last weekend, so uh, that time. was really fun. There was no gaming because I was enjoying my mother, her nice. company. <laughs> nice, nice. Not yeah. that you can't do that without game with games. It's true, yeah. but all I had was a phone, and we were looking at the Cascades. So Fair. it was kind of like yes. a nice. nature look away from the screen Valuable. for once in my miserable life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, so me, I've been playing Hearthstone. <gasps> Go figure. I've never um, heard of that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of, um, I wouldn't say an addict. It's like my decompressed game. Yeah. Daughter goes mm -hmm. to bed. I play some Hearthstone for 30 it's minutes. It's quick. You know it's what that's fun. about. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about the new, um, the new mode in that, yeah. which is really cool. What was I going to? Oh, right. Steve Lubitz. We finally <laughs> fought. <laughs> Each other. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, I beat him. I'm not nice. Gonna... Although, I, you know, I pulled out my golden 
mage, which if you have a golden hero in Hearthstone, that means you have won 500 games with that hero in ranked mode. Wow. Maybe you should compete. I, Honestly? No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have mage and hunter. Once um, Anna's self-sufficient, just, gold. you know. Um, but honestly, though, you have to lose a lot, you know, to get yeah. to that. Like, I am i wouldn't say I'm super great. Probably 50-50. My highest rank ever has been 15. I don't know if anybody listened to this is thinking that's terrible. I don't even know if it's terrible or if it's really good. Um, but my, the little message at the end of the season has said, you are in the top 30% of nice. players. So. I don't that even know what that pretty means. Great. They've got two million players, so you know, that's that's a big number. <laughs> but anyhow, so um, Steve has been he's been like spectating me off and on, um, and then we finally were on without already being in a game, and he sent me a challenge, and so nice. I probably shouldn't have gold pulled out my golden mage, but you I, know what? <laughs> oh, do only what the weak do compromise to, yeah. to protect their friends' feelings. So. Um, so besides Hearthstone, I've been playing um, The Wolf Among Us. Oh, great. Oh. Which is out on – it's on iPad, which yeah. is something that I'm loving is they're getting these great games on iPad so I don't have to be tethered yeah. um, to a console or a computer. Um, so it's it's really awesome. It's based on a comic book series called Fable. I think it's Fables. Fables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where um, you've got all these fairy tale characters. They're living in the modern world and they've got these spells on them called glamours that make them look like people. Um, but they fade eventually and then – and uh, the big bad wolf actually is is the main <laughs> character, and he's the sheriff. He's trying to make sure all of these fantasy people are in line. And it's really, really fun. If you talk about great story mm-hmm. yeah. in a game, there's there's so much story that there's really very little gameplay actually yeah. uh, in that world. It's, and it's awesome. by Telltale Games, so it's a yeah. lot of making dialogue choices with a timer, yes. and then there are some quick time events, which I actually really, I've only played the first episode of The Wolf Among Us, but I found them quite intuitive and kind of fun yes. to fun to do, which is not normal for me with um, iPad games. Yeah. yeah Revolution um, 60 and um, Wolf Among Us are two of the ones that I think do it best. Yeah, I mean, the first um, uh, Wolf Among Us was also released on uh, Mm -hmm. 360. Oh, yeah. I played the first episode on 360, and it was so different. It was so different. They don't run well on consoles to begin with, but um, the Wolf Among Us I actually really enjoyed because uh, it was uh, a huge leap above – because I think it came out between Walking Dead season one and two. Yeah, Telltale And you could see had, like this yeah. huge leap uh, yeah. between the two as far as gameplay. So like yeah. we were talking about the, those quick time events. They're very, uh, you know, narrative based. Yeah. But I actually found that The Wolf Among Us did action really well. Yeah, yeah on the iPad, it makes complete sense because you're not pressing a button. Like if someone's throwing a punch at yeah. you, you're moving out of the yeah. way. It just makes complete yeah, sense. Yeah, so basically like someone will throw, a, say, a brick at Bigby Wolf and then you'll drag in the direction yeah. that he needs to go to, to dodge, dodge it. Yeah. So, and yeah. it, you kinda, it's in slow motion, basically. Yeah, That is not a child-appropriate game, <laughs> however. <laughs> we should clarify yes. when Nicole says fairy tales. Yes, it is It is a very, very mature yeah, game. You're getting beheading blood, happening. You're getting the... fighting, lots of language. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. but it's a great story. Um, yeah. So, how are you keeping like? Because I know Anna uses your iPad too. Is yeah. that like hidden away in some folder somewhere? Or? Uh, I've got a games folder. We kind of yeah. keep an eye on where she goes. Okay. She likes to go on my. Oh, actually, I have all the new adventure games. I downloaded her in a separate folder. Oh, okay. Um, but she knows the games folder because she goes in there a lot to play Plants vs Zombies, and she tries to play like Diner Dash or like oh, Wedding no. Dash, and she's like, she wants me to like help her. I'm like, honey, those games are challenging for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like she doesn't understand what's, I mean, she can seat the people at the tables, but yeah. once you get past that, she just doesn't know what's going on. So, yeah. um, um, but it's the same thing with Candy Train. She likes to play Candy Train. <laughs> she like doesn't understand why the train crashes. Um, <laughs> uh, but a quick note there, she's been playing this game called Morphabet, which was actually uh, one of the winners of the Apple Design Award. Very cool for preschoolers. You might want to check it out. Yeah. Um, but there'll be an Anna's Apps about that in a couple weeks, um, which you should watch my Anna's Apps videos as well. And our other videos. Mm-hmm. We're doing great stuff. Yeah. So with that said, we're going to wrap it up. Michael, 
Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you thank for you. having me. Um, so if you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. Please send us questions, comments, and feedback. We can have a nice dialogue with you. We will look at everything, I yeah. swear. I want to answer questions on the show. I'm yes. super excited. <laughs> yes. Ask me how the heck I forgot my pants. Don't ask me that. <laughs> ask me something about video games. I think it's you, my job. <laughs> I think you explained that one pretty well. I think there's still a lot of questions out there, Nicole. <laughs> Um, so yeah and also if you like what you're hearing please subscribe and also give us a, a review on iTunes because that helps our podcast as far as, pop, as, far as popularity goes um, so visit pixelgen.org we're doing great stuff there and you can read the uh, the end of Michael's <laughs> Michael's great story um, it's called Growing Up in Competitive Gaming same yeah. story so you can search for that yeah. Um, and what else? There's tons of E3 news on our site right now if yes. you're interested in that. We've published like 30 articles in three days. Yes. And we're putting together like a, uh, you know. A master list. A yeah, master list of games yeah. and in one place if you don't want to go through and read every single article. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org and also Gaming with Moms. Um, and on Facebook, just Pixelkin. And Mike... What's your Twitter handle? It's at Bizarro underscore Mike. So okay. that's one Z, two R's. I know people get that confused. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can never get my name because someone's squatting on it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So if you want to follow Mike, you know, he can be he, – he does pretty good posts on Twitter. Interesting feed. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to, to, you know, of course, obviously spam out anything I write. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I try to be not um, – terrible with it <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so on this note thanks so much for listening mike thanks again for being here Thank you. and we'll be with you next week bye bye, bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.